This is Off the Rock, On the Record, a podcast by Obsidian Public Relations. This season, we're talking about learning, and we're interviewing several PR professionals at various stages in their career about the learning process that has made them the professional they are today. Regardless of your industry, these professionals share insights that will help you become a better employee at your company. So we hope you'll stay tuned and listen in for this season of Off the Rock, On the Record. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Off the Rock, On the Record. I'm Taylor Jolly, and we are talking about another professional lesson in communication. Um, But today we're featuring one of our tenured Obsidian employees, Lauren. You've heard from her before, but I will allow her to introduce herself. Hello, this is Lauren Hannaford. I am the Senior Director of Client Services for Obsidian. I started at Obsidian in 2008 and worked as an account manager for a long time before moving into the director role. And I've been doing that since 2017 and I have loved every single minute of it because I get to touch nearly all of our clients and learn about their industries, learn about all the exciting things they're doing in their respective industries and in our community. And I just, love that. I oversee our team on a day-to-day basis and then also assist with Obsidian culture and some branding work with Taylor, as well as just ensuring our entire team is loving what they do every day. Thanks, Lauren. Um, And as y'all just heard, Lauren has done so much during her time at Obsidian. She has literally filled every role. She has created new roles. Um, And so she has a ton of industry experience that's not only relevant to public relations professionals, but it's really relevant to any professional who is looking to kind of gain tenure and and knowledge. And so what we're going to talk with her today about is those lessons that you learn throughout your career and kind of how your professional perspective changes over time. So Lauren, I wanted to start by talking through how you handle actually being a tenured professional. So I imagine it could be really easy to just confidently walk into a meeting and say, I've been there, done that. We can use this same strategy that I did for this other project and kind of knock it out. But our industry is always changing. So how do you stay up on the latest trends and then balance what's new with what you know works? That's a really good question because we have to do that a lot every day, every week, every month. I think that even though those new trends are constantly emerging, I've always found very similar to what you were just describing, that traditional PR principles still holds true and can be applied to these new trends. That's why we're so confident in our approach with clients here at Obsidian. We master the principles and then can adapt super easily to those new trends that are coming out. So to stay ahead of the game on those new trends, I personally read and listen to a lot of PR industry news and experts in our field. But even more importantly, I listen to our clients and their needs, and then I listen to our team and what they're saying about what's working and what's not, and if we need to shift our approach for a certain new new trend or thing that's come out into our industry and that, you know, clients are starting to show interest in and ask about. So, you know, we have to tackle those things constantly and be a good advisors for our clients to say, I don't think this is right for you. Or I think, you know, this is a great new trend that we need to try out for you. And when you go back to the foundational elements of PR, 
that's when we really can dive into those new trends and apply those, you know, PR principles, as I like to call them, to the new trends and decipher what really is going to work or what's not going to work. And I think, Lauren, you provide the perfect balance and represent both sides of our team. Um, So I am, I like to do new things. I like to try new things. I like when things change. And so I can be really quick to say, oh, I heard about this new thing. Let's try it. Let's do it. And then there are other members of our team who are like, please do not ever ask me to try to do something new ever again. Um, And so as a director, I think it's really great that you provide that balance. But like you said, we have to be able to rethink things, shift our focus, lean back on the principles, but also apply new knowledge. And so I wanted to ask, is there anything that you have learned recently that's kind of shifted or reframed your perspective um, or the way that you think about the work that you do in our industry? There's one main thing that sticks out in my mind here recently, just first quarter of 2021. It's not necessarily a new concept, but it recently has changed dramatically to where we're seeing all kinds of, you know, cause and effect situations going on um, with it. But the new Facebook and Instagram algorithm constantly changing, that's something that we have to always be knowledgeable in and about so that we can apply what's happening to the goals and objectives that we've set for our clients, not just on social media, but the algorithm affects so much more. You know, you have to make immediate changes to how we're strategizing and planning social media content for our clients. But when that algorithm changes, and especially to the the degree that it's changed here recently, Sometimes we have to reshape and completely redo, re-strategize lots of other tactics and things that we plan for our clients. Things like how to communicate with your stakeholders during a crisis, how much email marketing you need to be doing as a result of fewer people on social media seeing your content. Things like that are driven by you know, Facebook making a decision to change how people receive content on their personal platforms. And that just affects so much more than people realize. So that's one thing that really stood out to me that we, you know, is a good example of, you know, one small change can actually result in a lot of change. So we just have to stay up on those things and, you know, adapt our PR plans around them. Absolutely. And I feel like social media is one of those things that you mentioned this. It has not been the same since the day it launched. There have always been new features that come in, features that are taken away. And a lot of the way that we learn about those new features or one way that we often do um, is by what you said, kind of listening to PR industry news and reading it and keeping up with it, but also by attending kind of professional development sessions um, with some industry leaders Mm -hmm. and folks that have better insight into these tactics and these specific practices, because that's what they do. They study and they research in these areas. Um, And as your role on our leadership team, you sponsor and help put together the professional development plans for our team. So when you are looking at um, our team and you're looking at available professional development opportunities through some of the organizations that we're members of, how do you determine what topics are going to be good for us to delve into, what topics 
are maybe not great for us to delve into? And how do you lay that out and make those decisions? That is actually an easy question for me because it's something that I find to be fun and I don't know why it's so easy, but it just seems like this information just naturally comes up and presents itself for us. So uh, we've done really well in that area, but I would say the biggest thing is just by listening to our team and sitting in on our internal meetings and even client meetings and identifying those changing trends that we've been talking about and really honing in on the things that are changing in our in the PR industry that are sort of those cause and effect things that I mentioned earlier, how we uh, work with reporters is, is one really good example. But I survey the team every year and get a better look at what their interests are or what y'all's interests are um, for this coming year or quarter. And then we look at those changing trends and then we look at things that we've been doing that may not have been as successful as they were in the past and then look at what type of professional development opportunity can we plan for the team to really, um, you know, get over whatever that issue might be. So we have lots of robust PR opportunities all throughout the year Mm -hmm. that I always find to be really good and I consider to be fun. I don't know if everybody thinks they're fun, but I do. <laughs> I like them too. And um, yeah. one of the things that I think Obsidian does really well is we balance external PD options like PRSA webinars or webinars through mm-hmm. um, universities and other companies who uh, put out content through PR channels. But we also do a lot of internally focused professional development where Lauren may lead a session or Whitney may lead a session on a specific topic. Um, and so we do a lot of learning from our directors. They provide strategic oversight on all of our accounts and Lauren and Whitney are always doing a really great job of kind of giving us new ideas and talking through ways that we can implement new strategies. And then when we do go to those professional development sessions, they help us integrate what we've learned into our practices. Um, And it makes sense. Most of the time when you're learning on the job, you are learning from people above you who have experience. But one thing that we've been talking about, and I talked with Murray about this specifically a few episodes ago, is that really the learning process goes back and forth. So even as a director, I'm sure that there are things that you learn from the team that help you better do your job or change the way that you think about things. So I wanted to ask, do you feel that you learn things from the team? And if so, could you share a recent example of something you've learned um, from one of our teammates? Yes, of course, all the time. Our team learns from one another every single day. And you're going to laugh at my example, but it's actually from you. So recently, I have been learning a little bit more about TikTok, and I'm (laughs) TikTok averse. I am not interested. I don't want it on my phone. (laughs) But anyways, uh, I've been learning a little bit more about that because we do have some clients that are asking about it and asking our opinion. So we have to know about it and know if it's right for certain clients or if it's not, but we've really been looking at how it applies to PR and those goals and objectives I mentioned earlier. But one thing you said, Taylor, was that if a client's desired content for TikTok doesn't have an element of virality or it's not appropriate for content that potentially could go viral, then using TikTok would not be a good recommendation for our client. 
And prior to us discussing that, I had no clue <laughs> what TikTok was for. I knew it was for people like doing crazy dances and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. other than that, it I'm just too old. I'm too old <laughs> for it. So, but talking through that and then reading more and more about TikTok and when it's appropriate and when it's not, that's just one recent example of something that you said that sparked in my mind. Oh yeah, let me let me read more about this. Let me look into this, how it applies to certain industries, certain types of clients, whether that's education, professional service, hospitality, mm-hmm. like entertainment, that kind of thing, or retail. So that's one small example, but to go back to the first part of that question, I think every single day of the year, we all learn at least one new thing from someone on our team. It, you know, we're really good about sending emails out. I was just thinking about this. Someone will send an email and ask, hey, is this happening to anyone? And then through that conversation, whether the answer is yes or no, somebody learns something that applies to the work they're doing and then it just perpetuates from there so we're all very collaborative like that which is one reason we're so successful here at Obsidian. Lauren I'm laughing that you thought about the TikTok example because I literally have a link that I'm about to send the team of a brand that I think perfectly (laughs) executed a TikTok campaign. Um, It's actually Mountain Dew and what they did was they tapped into the younger millennial and older Gen Z affinity for Bob Ross. And oh, wow. yes. they created, they found a video clip where Bob Ross says, and now you add some Mountain Dew where he's painting a mountain and you actually put uh. Dew on the mountain, but it pans to the canvas and it has a Mountain Dew bottle painted in like Bob Ross's art style on That's the canvas. Amazing. And that was all that the TikTok was. There was no like sales pitch. It was just, and now you add a little Mountain Dew and then Bob Ross (laughs) with his paintbrush in the Mountain Dew bottle. But um, that's great. Yep. And that's what I was going to share with the team. Number one, because I thought it was fun. I like Bob Ross. I think it's cute. But also um, I do want to share that knowledge with the team because as we have clients that ask about TikTok or really any other platform where they're wanting to get involved, whether that's a social media platform, or if they want to start doing creating GIFs for their website or whatever they're wanting mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not, we can't all be experts in everything, but we each have our own affinities and things that we're interested in and things that we do in our personal time. And we can all contribute a little bit of shared knowledge and create a greater database, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I know that your PR education days we're not yesterday. You are not old by any means, but you're got, <laughs> well, I feel old. I feel old too, because I'm officially now 10 years past when I started college. <laughs> so yep. Um, yep. Yep. it makes me feel old, but like me, our PR education day started a while back. And so I'm sure that there are things that have changed, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything that stuck with you from your classroom knowledge that you still hold true to this day? Yes, and my answers are probably a little bit boring and basic, but the first one, and I have two quick examples, but the first one, of course, is AP style. The majority of my public relations professors were journalists first, or that's what, you know, their career prior to teaching or during teaching centered on, so 
I feel like I got, you know, AP style drilled in to my brain as a lot of PR students do and journalism students do, but it was something that was constant in my education. And it was a big focus of everything that we wrote in the communication department. So AP style, and of course it's adapted many, many times over the years. So it's just a natural thing for us to have to keep up with here at Obsidian. But then also, I majored in public relations, but I had a minor in journalism. So I had a lot of crossover uh, classes and I do not remember the name of the class, but one, whatever we were studying, it was centered on the art of the interview and it was a journalism class. So we had to be practicing how to interview someone as a reporter speaking to a source, but what I, that really stuck with me because we're not journalists, but we have to do that all the time with our clients or with other contacts or other professionals that we have to talk to, to be able to do our work. So how to interview people and prepare for that interview. And, you know, we don't tell people, Hey client, I'm about to interview for you for this blog post. We just say, Hey, need to meet, get some details, have a discussion so I can better understand this blog topic. But if you use sort of those interview principles, you know, how to ask really good questions, how to recognize key information and follow up on things that they say, then you can get really good, valuable information for our clients that are either used for, you know, content we're writing or a story we're pitching or something else uh, that we're working on. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned two of those things because our curriculum I, had very similar structure in terms of most of my professors were, uh, well, actually, so my first two years, most of my professors were journalism professors and um, the PR students and journalism students shared a curriculum until junior year. And then we separated and differentiated. And so I also had AP style drilled into me um, and I get very viscerally angry when AP changes <laughs> one of the things that I had like drilled into my mind because yes. my professor literally went through the AP style book. It didn't do every single listing, but went, we would like spend a whole week on a, a whole week on B. And we, right. he literally was like all star, all whatever. And, and all the, all words that get hyphens and yes. Yes. <laughs> and so when one of those things changes, I'm like, please stop. I have that etched right, in my memory right. um but right. the inner, the we inner would get newspaper clippings on our desk we would walk into class and there would be a story cut out from the newspaper and we would have to identify every single word or rule or whatever it is we'd have to circle and write what the the ap style rule was about that certain thing and it was terrifying our we had a very similar process but ours was we had to identify the errors so yeah. oh, we would yeah. get three legal sheets front and back of copy um the entire class had three it was three assignments you had one sheet was ap style rules one sheet was spelling errors and one sheet was traditional grammar and syntax errors and wow. there were a hundred errors on each sheet and you had to get above an 85 on all three of those sheets to pass the class. You got one shot. Oh gosh. And that was it. So uh, I don't know how I would have done on that. I was, um, 
petrified. And, and quite honestly, it gave me a serious respect for public relations because um, you could study communication, you could do radio, television, and film, you could do HR management without passing that class, but to get into PR and journalism, if you did not get an 85 in that class, you didn't get into the program. And so it weeded out a lot of students who were like, this is not for me. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it taught me to kind of respect PR, but the interview yep. process too, we had to take journalism classes. Like I took a reporting class and I was responsible yeah. for writing mm-hmm. pieces that ran in the Plainsman, which is Auburn's um, newspaper. And I had to interject myself at a press conference with then football coach Gus Malzahn. And so I'm like in the back with like my press pass trying to compete with these like ESPN reporters and but I learned a lot. I learned how to ask a question and how to attend a press conference, which is helpful when you plan them and put them yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things that we were talking about have not changed. The importance of AP style, knowing how to have a conversation with a client and use that to write content. Um, things like uses of traditional PR documents, like fact sheets and talking points, that has not changed. But there are a ton of things that have changed over time. And so I wanted to ask you, Can you outline two or three things that have changed dramatically? And it could be tactical. So like we don't fax press releases anymore. We email them. And I am from the post-fax era. I had to fax one thing in college and was like, where does one even go to do that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it could be some of those tactical changes or more industry changes. Like you talked about earlier, changes in the way that we communicate with reporters. Um, Could you share some of those things and how you've had to adapt over time? Yeah, so I have two big ones, or at least they feel big to me. But the first one, and I think the team hears this a lot from some of the older ladies on our team like me, but media relations to me is a big one. It was so different when I started back in 2008. Newsrooms were overflowing with writers. Uh, Media outlets were reporting on more you know, robust topics and interests. And now interests have really narrowed and we have to be on our A game from all angles to land really good media coverage. And the big question is always nowadays, how can we make things easier for a reporter or an outlet when we feel that we have a really good story for a client and what do we need to do to basically make it happen and make it easy for a reporter to, you know, get the story, get it set up and write it and get it done. And it was just a lot easier in so many levels, uh, you know, back when I started, but a lot of things have changed and it is a result of, you know, new forms of media becoming really predominant, like blogs, podcasts, YouTube, even things like that. It was just very different. There were a lot of freelancers too that were always hungry for things. And uh, it's constantly changing, but I've seen it change the most, I'd say, over the years out of all of the various things that we do for our clients. So that's one. And then the second one would be how we measure success. This is constantly changing and it's sort of along the same lines as media relations, it's a result of changing forms of communication, like social media, blogging, you know, more video, podcasts, that that kind of thing. We used to measure 
the newspaper clippings that we cut out of the newspaper and took a ruler and added up the advertising value and the PR value to assign a monetary amount to a story that we landed. And now that is essentially irrelevant. And social media came in. Even when I started Obsidian, not all of our clients even had websites. That's how long I've been doing this job. (laughs) Um, I'm dating myself. But so as clients developed websites and content marketing emerged, that really changed everything. So today we're a lot more robust in our tracking and reporting different metrics for clients and We've also changed how we talk to clients about how we measure success. There are some, you know, foundational PR tactics that you truly cannot with 100% accuracy measure and show some sort of number or metric. And there are things that you can hypothesize about the success of that tactic, but Uh, We have to be creative in some areas and we have to get into some technical stuff that not all of us are accustomed to, but we learn and we adapt. But those two stick out the most for me, media relations and then how we measure and track success for our clients. Absolutely. And I think that's a really great place for us to kind of end today. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me this morning. Um, Lauren is a, a wealth of knowledge, and uh, I hope that she was able to help any of y'all who are listening uh, kind of understand how you can learn and evolve over time. Whether you're eager like me, maybe how to temper that excitement to move forward and to still rely on the traditional practices, but then also if you're maybe timid to try new things, um, I hope Lauren kind of showed you that there's value in incorporating new things along with traditional lessons. We've got um, only a few more episodes left of this season of Off the Rock on the Record, but we're going to continue talking about professionalism and learning in the workforce. So I hope you'll stay tuned. If you are listening on iTunes, we would love a five-star review. Or if you're listening on SoundCloud, you can give us a like or comment on this episode if you enjoyed it. Until then, we will hope to see you next time on Off the Rock on the Record.